Would it be fair to say that, yes, you've made more money this year than last year, but you probably aren't even working as hard as you did the first year because you're reaping the reward of building the pipeline. And now it's it's all manifesting into these results. Would that be accurate? I think the audience would want to know, because I think you hear from a lot of the agents that are in our coaching program all the time. It's like their biggest struggle is like lead follow up, right? Everybody says it. First, walk us through what does your system look like? Yeah, great question. So. Yeah, it's so good. So Peter, listen, welcome. Uh, welcome back to the show. You were on before, I think about a year or so ago. So uh, welcome back. Yeah, it has been about a year. Uh, thanks for having me back on. A lot has happened over the last 12 months or so, and including the business, personal life, and a couple other things in between. So it feels good to be back. Cool. So let's, yeah, let's talk about it. So uh, you're in the Chicago market. And so you've been selling real estate now for how long? Good question. So I got first license January 2021. Now that first year, so 2021, I was part-time, I was still working a full-time job. And truthfully, I got licensed sort of as a side job to make a little extra income uh, in addition to what I was already making. So I didn't take it very seriously. Um, but then about halfway through the year, I realized, hey, you know what? kind of like doing this. I want to see what it's like to do this full-time. And that's when I started digging around. I found your program, of course, around, I want to say August, probably of 2021, joined it then and then went full-time in 2022. So been full-time here for almost two years here. January of next year will be the two-year mark. And I haven't looked back since. It's been a great decision. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's, let's talk about 2022 first, like your first, we would say your first full year in the business, and then we'll break down 2023. Well, uh, what were the results like in 2022? 22 transactions total closed. Uh, 17 of those were sellers and wow. the rest was buyers. Yes. Yeah, so I was definitely seller heavy, which is the way I like to keep it. Yeah. Um, in total, I earned just shy of 82,000 after splits. Got it. Um, in income, of course, taxes and expenses still go on top of that. However, it was significantly more than I was making at my previous full-time job, actually almost twice as much. And so that was enough to tell me, hey, you know what? I'm sticking with this. Let's see what the coming years have to bring. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the coming year. So 2023. So walk us through how this year has been. I know it's been a, a challenging market for everybody just because transactions are down. Interest rates are, are crazy. But now you've got this skill set that I want to really talk about uh, uh, in this episode of this podcast. But what do what does this year look like for you? This year's pretty good. So let's see here. Currently, and I have this written in here because I knew this would come up. Uh, I have 19 closings year to date so far. 14 of those are sellers, five are buyers. My commission after splits, and I had a closing yesterday, so I don't know the exact number, but it should be right around 125,000, which I'm very excited for. It's amazing. Crushed, I crushed what I did last year by a significant amount, and I still have a you know Q4 here. Um, to potentially even get that up to, to 150. Uh, and that's sort of the goal that that I have in mind. Um, it's been an excellent year. Majority of the business this year, which I think is worth noting, came from conversations that I had in 2022. Um, and not only have my skills improved just as a result of doing this for you know now an extended period of time, but majority has been that database and just nurturing people that have I've had conversations with last year, continuing to provide them with value, and then eventually um, following up with them enough where they say, hey, you know what, Peter, 
let's do this. I want to get this place sold. And you've been in touch with me for a few months or even a year plus at this point. What do I got to do to get this thing sold? And so that's been a majority of the business. Actually, out of the 17 listings I've taken this year so far, all of them except two have been conversations that I've had last year. Amazing. And it's that's exactly why I wanted to have you back on the show was to talk about this phenomenon of, you know, we talk about pipeline maturity. And I remember talking to you about this, right? Until it happens, I think a lot of agents can conceptualize, they understand it, but they don't understand the feeling of it. And so I want to ask you something around, um, would it be fair to say that Yes, you've made more money this year than last year, but you probably aren't even working as hard as you did the first year because you're reaping the reward of building the pipeline. And now it's it's all manifesting into these results. Would that be accurate? That is 100% accurate. In fact, a majority of the appointments I set are actually prospects calling me saying, hey, Peter, got your emails, got your voicemail, got your whatever from you know, X amount of time, months or years ago, I'm ready to get this place sold. When can you meet? And it's just a night and day difference between what I was doing in 2022, where I was calling, it was a first conversation. I was trying to get the appointment. It's, it's been a lot easier. All right. And so as a result, that's just translate into a lot more business and it feels easier, right? I'm not working probably as hard, although I, that there's a caveat there because I'm still prospecting. I'm still going on appointments. I'm still doing that. But because my skill set's easier and the database is bigger, it feels in in general a little easier. Yeah. And, and the feeling around that has to come from, uh, you know, I'm putting my mind back into the emotion of it too. The, the, I think the reason why you feel that you probably have a sense of security that you didn't last year because you're sitting on this database of, of a year, year and a half worth of work that you know, it's like, well, I know every month, I go into every month with 10 or 15 opportunities to get listings versus last year, every month, every day, you were starting at scratch. You All your conversations last year, like you were saying, were all first conversations. They were just purely cold calls. You never talked to them before, they didn't know you. Now, a vast, a big majority of the people you talk to, these are people you talk to many times. And so you not only are you winning the business, but talk about, um, I would imagine that most of the business, like you said, is one through follow-up. Your presentation, there's not as much heavy lifting that you had to do like last year. You had to really, really work for it to get those listings. This year, you're winning most of the business through the follow-up process being the interview itself, correct? Correct. Now, look, I do have a buttoned-up practice listing presentation that, you, of course, you've taught um, over you know the last few months and years now. I have that ready for those conversations where maybe it is a little bit more competitive or I know I'm going up against other agents um, and it sort of falls under the funnel of now business, right? But yeah, these conversations where it's people that I've kept up with for so long, there truly isn't a necessarily listing presentation. It's sort of, okay, how are we doing this? What, you know, what, what's the price? What's the next steps? Let's get That's to go. Right. We've got the business, but let's just obviously go through the logistical part of it, right? And so that's been really nice because it has been a little less of that heavy lifting um, and more so like, okay, I can just focus on serving now, right? Like, let's just make sure that the, they have a phenomenal client experience because there's already a strong enough relationship built there over several months of follow-up conversations and whatnot. So I prefer this business, the, the business I have now this year way more than the business I had last year. However, 2022 had to happen 
that database starting from scratch had to happen in order to get here and, and of course beyond. So two pivotal years, but it's been really nice to see that transformation. Yeah. And the other big um, benefit that you probably haven't experienced yet that you will probably next year is the database turning into repeat and referral business. Because that's the third pillar that probably hasn't unlocked for you just yet, correct? Not just yet. I've had glimpses of it. Um, three of my transactions have been from repeat business. Um, and it's actually been from just either Fizbo's cancel expireds that I've done work with in the past. So it's nice to see a, a, a you know a glimmer of that. I would of course love to see that next year and the years to come to really begin to be 50% and even up to a majority of the business going forward, which would be ideal. Yeah. All right. So let's break it down. Where, where, and I think you just mentioned a little bit, but where does most of your business come from? Sure. So I have it broken down here. My biggest lead source are canceled and expireds. Uh, out of all the listings I've taken this year so far, 11 of them come from that source. Three of them come from for sale by owners. And like I mentioned, three come from repeat um, repeat clients. So that's specifically on the listing side. Uh, on the buy side, where I don't do a whole lot of transactions, it's actually mostly sphere of influence. Um, my sphere is fairly young, mid to late 20s. And so they're kind of in that process of either having saved up enough to finally make the decision to purchase, you know, just coming out of universities or just getting their first time jobs. Um, and so they're kind of entering into the housing market, so to speak, right? So that's what my buy side looks like, which I love. I mean, I, I love working with people that I already know and have a long For sure. relationship with. Yeah, that's great. So I think the audience would want to know, because I think you hear from a lot of the agents that are in our coaching program all the time. It's like their biggest struggle is like lead follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody says it. You have gotten to the point where you have been a beneficiary of great lead follow-up. What are some things that you could share with the audience that have helped you to, A, let's, let's start, Peter, by what does that conversation need to sound like when you generate the lead in the first place? Because like you said, most of those are expired listings of the 11 or whatever it was. But to your point, those leads were generated six months ago, nine months ago, 10 months ago. So first, walk us through what that conversation could sound like. And then what are you doing to follow up? What does your system look like? Yeah, great question. So that first conversation, um, well, let me back up. A lot of what the conversation that I have are homeowners that or investors that the property didn't sell. And as a result, they put a tenant in there. So they mm. essentially become absentee owners, right? That's right. So, one, I know that they're not going to be putting this on the market anytime soon because they just put a tenant in there. Obviously, selling with the tenant is, is challenging, right? And so they've decided, okay, you know what? For the next 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, I'm keeping this. So then I already know, okay, the goal here is not for now business, but the goal here is from this conversation to generate a lead, get permission to follow back up with them over the course of the next year, whatever it is, and then eventually position myself in a way where I'm at least in the running to get the business, right? And so that conversation will typically sound something along the lines of, okay, I understand that you have a tenant in here. Let me ask you this. Are you obligated to work with your previous realtor if you were to put this back on the market again in the future? Typically, they actually say no. You know, the contract will be up by then. I'm open to other options. There's not a strong relationship there. I'd be open to a second opinion, in which case I say, great. Well, I'd really love for the opportunity to interview for your business and earn your business when that time comes. Would you be opposed to have me follow up with you? They say, no, that's not a problem at all. I say, okay, when should that be? They give me a date, boom, put them in my database. Of course, the conversation 
goes a little bit longer than that. I oversimplified it there, but that's great. The theme is to give them the option to say no, right? And I'll actually that's even add that. I'll say, look, sure, I'm happy to follow up with you, you know, March of 2024, Brandon, but look, the last thing I want to do is be that annoying agent that's calling you all the time. Are, are you sure you want me to follow up? And you could tell me, no, I promise you won't hurt my feelings, right? Push back a little bit. And most of the time they double down. They say, no, like totally fine. I appreciate your approach. I love to hear from you in, you know, in March or whenever it is. So it's so big. Yeah. It, it, it's it, that took me a while to really learn. And because when I was first having those conversations, I was sort of bulldozing my way through it. I shoved a lot of people in my database that never had any interest to do business with me. And I've learned over time to really sort of um, fine tune that approach and only put people in and follow people that I actually have a chance of transacting with in the future. Right. So that's that first conversation. In terms of the follow up, the biggest thing there is to stay organized, right? And I know there's a variety of different methods and ways to do that, whether you have a CRM, whether you do sort of more of an old school folder model with physical pieces of paper, everything works as long as it's organized and you revisit that database every single day, stay on top of it, know who's getting a call, who's getting an email, who's getting a whatever it is, a touch point over time, right? So in my case, I have a CRM, I use follow-up boss, it's always been for me very easy. I know the platform well at this point and I'm able to keep everything organized. So every contact that goes in there, they have notes about any conversation that I've had, any details that I think are important to know if I was going to be working with this client or to follow up with in the future, I'll have in there, whether it's texts, phone calls, um, voicemails, whatever it is, I've got it all right there. And in addition, I always have listed when my next touch point is going to be and what it is, right? So, okay, it's a follow-up call um, on October you know, 3rd or whatever the case is, today's date, right? So I know to call them. So then every day I have a set time where I look at the CRM, I look at the today's tasks, and I just have a list. All the people that I've talked with in the past or whenever it is that deserve, or not deserve, but that I know need a touch point from me today, yeah. right? And so that's kind of been my system going forward. And just slowly, it's like a small snowball that sort of over time begins to get bigger, 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 bigger. And so the database has grown. Those lists of people that I need to follow up with, you know, each day, each week has grown as well. And so it's slowly gearing towards being a majority of my daily contacts actually coming up from, from people from the database. It's huge. I mean, that was that was great. I mean, there's so many tactical things there for people to really wrap their mind around. Would you say that the vast majority of your follow-up process is really built on voice-to-voice -voice conversations? And what I mean by that is cer certainly you can do handwritten thank you cards and and emails and text messages and mailers and all this different stuff. But would you say the like the biggest bulk of the results come through continuous voice-to-voice -voice conversations through phone calls? I love voice-to-voice. -voice. I think voice-to-voice -voice is the most powerful. Uh, I think that's where most opportunity comes from, right? Now, it is probably, you know, among the, the ones that take a little bit more time because you have to call and sometimes you leave voicemails and sometimes you have to call back and that sort of thing. But I think that once you have a conversation, especially three times, five times, seven times, it, you really begin to uh, in the prospect's mind, be associated with real estate in that given market, right? And plus, I found that a lot of people, they just genuinely appreciate that. Uh, they really do. They don't think you're being annoying. They, I, I'm surprised by how frequently people thank me for following up and keeping in touch with them, right? And so 
I like the voice to voice a lot. That being said, um, I do have a monthly newsletter that goes out to absolutely everybody in my database. Um, I have it set up through MailChimp and everybody that I put into follow up us automatically goes into that newsletter. I like that newsletter a lot. And I will say that it has led to a stronger follow up um, in general. I put it all together myself. So I pick a few big stories that I think everybody in the newsletter, in the database would benefit from just knowing, yeah. right? I use chat GTP. I use some of the other tools out there to just make it easy, digestible, super yes. easy, three big paragraphs, three stories, put it all in there. I have a little giveaway at the end of uh, every single newsletter as well. Great idea. And that's been, I think, huge for me as well, because every month that gets sent out, right? To the entire database. This past month, I had my highest open rate on those, which was just over 400 people, um, which is great. It was about 45% of my entire database. And so open it multiple times. Love that. It's been great. I get a good amount of interaction on it. And sometimes what will actually end up happening is over several months, I'll leave some voicemails. I'll send some thank you cards to a particular prospect. And then I'll send this newsletter out. And then the next day they, they reply or give me a call back saying, hey, Peter, I've gotten your voicemails, but... I didn't think uh, to, I forgot to get back to you, but then I got your newsletter and blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know, here's my plan for this property. So that's been a big chunk of it as well. I will say having a newsletter like that, that's really tailored, handcrafted, I, I think that has helped with the follow-up in general. Yeah, great point. Uh, yeah, and so we, we put a heavy, heavy emphasis on, on the newsletter strategy. Um, and so you're doing yours monthly. So there's what, about 900 or so people in the database right now? There's just about 900. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, again, those are all people that I've had conversations with that wow. have given me their email just from the last, you know, nearly two years of cold calls Yeah, uh, that have been happening. Right. So it's not where I'm, you know, pulling all these emails or, you know, doing all this thing. It's people that I really know, know and have uh, had at least one good conversation with and that are okay with getting communications with me moving forward. So I like tailoring the marketing, the follow-up, the newsletters towards that database, as opposed to just randomly pulling people in. Because I do want to have a newsletter, you know, years down the line where it's people that are really excited to see it, really excited to read it, and where I'm their guy if they plan on doing real estate transactions in Chicago, right? Yeah. That's the long-term goal with that particular newsletter idea. Are you incorporating any of the video stuff into that yet? I am not yet. Uh, video is... As you know, I've delved into the YouTube side of things yeah. a little bit over the past few months. I plan in the future to having those intertwine a lot sure. more. Absolutely. Maybe the YouTube content's generating uh, database ads into the newsletter, right? And then yep. maybe vice versa, where the newsletter has some videos that I put together for YouTube. That's kind of the longer term plan, right? That's sort of the five, seven, 10 year plan down the line where maybe there's less or potentially no cold calling it's follow-up newsletter um videos and that's really repeat clients and stuff and that's really kind of what the business will look like in the future yeah so with the market being down you know different markets are, are down when i say down by transactions by almost 30 percent your business i'm just doing quick math is almost up by i mean you're probably gonna get close to doubling your business year over year in a down market what do you attribute that to because there's a lot of real estate agents that are, are hanging their hat on the fact, well, I'm nowhere close to my goal, but you know the market's down and that's the reason, but not you. You actually inverted that. You're in a down market and your business is up. So what do you attribute yeah. that to? Look, I, um, 
you can still succeed in a down market. And I think this year has definitely proven that to me. And although I had doubts and maybe I set expectations even a little lower going into this year, knowing that transactions were probably going to be significantly down and they have been anywhere from a quarter to a third, depending on the market here. Um, I, I kind of like the way that the market has shaped up to be because it sort of has weeded out, I think, a lot of agents that either weren't in it fully. Um, and as a result, it's allowed me to probably capture a little bit more market share. Um, here in Chicago Metro, right? So I would say, look, it, we've touched on some of these already, but that database and that constant follow-up has definitely been the reason why this year is better to last than last year, despite the transactions being way down. Um, and in general, look, it's not sexy, it's not flashy, but just being consistent. I mean, honestly, that's sort of like the secret sauce. And, and that sounds so boring, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing that, but Showing up every single day, making your contacts, making your follow-up calls, doing your newsletters, whatever it is, doing it all the time over a long period of time, that's really what it is. And despite what happens in the market, I think the agents that really commit to being consistent will just, you know, whatever happens there in the market will end up winning in, in the long run. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, people, when they say, okay, well, what's the secret? What's the secret? And almost every time it's all consistency. It's not what people want to hear, but it's the truth because, you know, mastery is simply the execution of the fundamentals day in and day out, where those that just aren't succeeding fail to either accept the fact that the fundamentals is what it takes to succeed or their inconsistency with doing the fundamentals over a long period of time. So can you break down, what, what does an average day look like? How much prospecting are you doing the, these days? How many uh, contacts are you making? What does all that look like? Yeah, so the morning starts with typically some sort of physical exercise um, and then just sort of kind of planning, mentally prepping for the day. 8 a.m. is when I start doing my prospecting, right? And it's always the fresh expireds, fresh fizzbos first. And then I sort of work my way down a couple different lead sources, um, calling back a few lists that maybe I've called before. And then eventually, so I'll do that for about the first two, three hours, depending on how much I have to call that day. And then I'll transition my way into the follow-up and I'll start working that database. My mornings until noon are really doing that. Follow-up and new business, right? Occasionally, because of extenuating circumstances, I might have an appointment or, or two or, or something along those lines, but I really try to keep that, hey, let's just focus on sitting here, you know, in my room where I am right now yeah. and just, and just making the dials. And that's what today's been, for example. So I have my numbers here. I've uh, excuse me, kept track of my contacts and conversations I've had today. Um, I typically like to get 30 contacts a day. I found that that has been sort of the right number for me in terms of it gets me where I want in my business. It's manageable day in, day out where I could stay consistent with it. Um, it's helping me grow my database at that rate. And so that's kind of been that number for me. Of course, some days I'll have 40, you know, pushing 50. And then maybe a couple of days I'll have 25 or, you know, low 20s. But in general, it averages out to being right around 30, 30 every single day. Uh, I prospect Monday through Friday. Um, I plan on adding Saturday moving forward, actually, I think into next year to really see what that does with my business. Mm. I'm in the process of remodeling a condo right now. So on Saturdays, I'm out doing that. But once that's done in a couple of months here, I really think next year I'll add Saturdays in there. And I'm excited to see what kind of change over the course of 2024 that'll do. Um, but that's typically what the morning looks like. Afternoons, 
is a little bit more dependent on a little more dependent on what's needed, right? So for example, if I have a lot of listings um, at the given time, I'm probably doing a lot of admin stuff there, you know, in the afternoon, in the early afternoon, whether it's weekly updates, whether it's speaking with agents, lenders, you know, planning inspections, that kind of thing. That'll sure. take happening around that time. Um, that's also sometimes where I'll, if I have an appointment, I don't like to, like I said, have them in the mornings, but however, in the early afternoon, I, I'm okay with appointments happening at that time. Um, or for example, if uh, now that I've introduced YouTube, I might do some video planning. I might work on doing that newsletter, like I said, once a month. But if all of that doesn't apply, I actually just hop on the phones typically again and, and continue to get some more context, get some more conversations in. So I'm just doing the math right now. I mean, that was always my business model too. So it was always about 7,000 contacts a year, which breaks out to be about 30 per day. Um, and here's the thing, what you're, you're already experiencing it, that's yielding you. I don't know if you have these numbers, but um, typically for me, that, that would yield about between 600 and 700 seller nurtures per year that were to go into the database that would come out the other end on the, on the following year. And so that's, do you know how many leads you're generating on a monthly basis? Or if you were to do 30 contacts, call it that, do you usually walk away with one, two, or three really good leads to put into the pipeline? Tough to say exactly. I mean, I have the numbers. It's actually been a little less lately and sure. because I'm really squeezing a few lists that um, I'm just trying to get the most out of and, and kind of going triple line dialer through them. So um, but it, that's typically what it is. I'll have usually 10 conversations should lead me to one solid conversation where I get an email, I get permission to follow up, and there's definitely a business opportunity there going forward. I have been this year very, very strict about who I put into the database. Sometimes I'll have a conversation where, yeah, they'll give me their email. Yeah, they'll say, you know, you could follow up, you know, on this date. But I've gotten to the point now where I've had so many of these, I can kind of feel whether somebody's just being nice to me, even after I push back, they still insist. I say, you know what? I'm not sure about this one. And so when I count a lead, I mean, that is a dynamite conversation, right? I yeah. Mean, that is Great somebody. That, yeah. That is somebody where I say, wow, like I'm excited to be following up with you again. And I think they are going to get a lot of value and are excited to hear back from me in the future as well. Right. So Great I've point. been really, um, strict, I'll say, with who I consider a lead moving forward. And as a result, maybe those numbers for me in terms of the contact to lead ratio might be a little little lower than what some other agents have. But I think it's resulted as, hey, when I put someone in my database, there's a high chance of me converting that lead to a, to a listing. I, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, as you get further into your career, you can be a little bit more picky and choosy with who you work with, right? And so uh, maybe your first year you shoved five, six, 700 in there, but now maybe it's half, maybe it's 350. And maybe that's exactly the right thing to do because that typically what I have found is those leads that go into the pipeline, it's about 20% turn into a listing appointment. Right. And I don't get all the listings, but 20% uh, over the next 12 months. And so if you're adding three or 400 people into the database, right? I mean, that's 40, 50 listing opportunities in the next 12 months for you to go and get year over year over year compounds. Question on your contacts. So you're doing 30 contacts a day. Uh, another big question that agents have is, man, how, how do you get, how do you talk to so many people? What, what are maybe some productivity uh, hacks that you can share or, things that you've done to increase your contact rate? 
Yeah, that's a good question. And there's been times where it's sort of fru- uh, excuse me, fluctuated where, you know, I've had a week where it's like, oh, man, like my contacts are definitely lower despite me, you know, putting in the amount of time I should be to get to my goal, but I'm just not quite getting it. And so it, I do, I have found a system now over time where I make sure that the numbers I'm using are good. I rotate them out frequently to make sure I don't have any issues with coming up as spam or whatever the case is. Um, I also have a system where I funnel through certain lists of prospects now where, you know, maybe uh, in the past I was calling through these lists so many times and just not getting anything out of it. Now I have sources where I get them now. I make my way through them and I'm really organized with how I work those folders too. So I Mm. think I'm going through lists that just had naturally have a higher pickup rate than maybe I have sometimes in the past, just really trying to squeeze everything out of a list. So I think those things help. I think too, for those that use dialers to, instead of just putting 50 contacts in, calling through those, I found that if I go, hey, let me go 200, you know, mm. 200, not give myself a break. And then all of a sudden I finish that dial session in an hour and a half and I have 20 contacts and a couple of leads, right? So when I found when I was doing the 50 or 100, I would call for 30 minutes. Then all of a sudden I'd want to go take a break. I'd go into the bathroom and then I'd lose 15, 20 minutes doing things that weren't helping me get to my goals, right? Sure. But I found that, let me just plant myself, dial up a bigger list and just go through it. And then I found that that's made it a little bit easier as well, where there's just less distractions because I was just kind of going through it. So that has helped a lot. And then, um, yeah, I mean, a couple other things like making sure I'm calling, if I call a list in the morning and I get no answers and I do that a couple of times, I'm circling back in the afternoon or evening. That's right. Because look, people, you know, they work in the morning. Maybe they don't answer phone calls the first thing when they get up. And I realize that. So let me try them, try them at a later point in the day to see if I have any more success there as well. So definitely making sure I'm going a little deeper as opposed to just completely, you know, one call, they don't answer. Okay, bye. I don't call you again, you know, for another month or two. So are you, are you, are most of the, most of these contacts that are not in the, in the database, is it mostly expires, cancels, withdrawals that you're going after most of the time? And fit some that FISBOs? And FISBOs. Yeah. yeah. That, that and some FISBOs. Yep. So I'll pull the new list in the morning. I'll run them through with one number, run them through with another number, run. I mean, I'll do that a couple of times in the morning before I say, okay, I think I've done enough there. Sure. Make my way towards the FISBOs, the database. And then again, towards the end of the day in the afternoon or early evening, I'll run through that list one more time, maybe twice more, just to see if I can I can get uh, another contact in that way. Are you doing any door knocking at all in the evenings or afternoons or weekends? I haven't yet done much door knocking. I'll be honest. Sure. It's something that I do want to implement more in my business. Um, I found the calls to work and to be efficient. And yeah, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it yet. But I do see the power of door knocking, especially in a market where the transactions are lower. And so I. It's, it's more so from like, a, I just, that's a, that's an obstacle. I just want to conquer like with calls, you know, it's almost like a mental thing where it's just like, I just want to say I did it. You know, I want to yeah. get comfortable with it. It's one of those internal, like, Hey, like, let me just get, get, get um comfortable with this and begin to do it. So the plan is to do a little bit more of it. Um, I have a partner, I think in my, in my uh, brokerage, who's actually the managing broker, who's a good, good mentor here as well for me. And I've, floated that idea by him. And we decided that, yeah, you know what, let's go out there and, and try a couple of these just to kind of see what, what it looks like. And of course, a lot of the the group here at Listing Agent Academy, they're really comfortable with it. There's a ton of great resources for me then to really kind of pull from and begin to utilize uh, when doing that. Yeah. Cause I just, in my head in Chicago, maybe I have a totally, you know, I don't know the market that well in my head, just from 
the shows and the movies and being there just a couple times, I would think that door knocking would be so effective there because I feel like the houses, the way they're set up, at least in my head, they're all like attached to each other. This is what I'm seeing in my head, right? And so if it's an expired listing in one of those townhomes, I could just knock so many, but not every suburb is like that. Some are single family yeah. homes, right? In the suburbs, it'll be a lot more effective. The closer you get to downtown begins to get challenging just because you have a lot of, you know, high rise, mid rise. Absolutely. That, you know, have doormen and they're, they're probably yeah, not yeah. very, very likely to let you in. So, you know, there's challenges with some parts of that market, depending on what the housing stock is. But yeah, out here in the suburbs and, you know, some of the uh, neighborhoods that are part of the city, but maybe a little further out from the downtown that feel more suburban, I think door knocking is, is a dynamite strategy. Yeah. What script is is working for you right now with with these expired conversations? That's always a question that people want to know. Yeah. You know what? I I use the scripts that you know you preach and you teach, but I think over time, I've sort of maybe added words or changed things out that I've just felt really comfortable with, right? And so the structure, the fundamental is still the exact same script that you're teaching, Brandon, but I might have a little, I might have um, added a little bit of my own flavor to it. Which is know. great. Which is great. Yeah, can we, it, it, can, can we role play it? Yeah, absolutely. So you call me up, ring, ring, ring. And I say, and I'm an expired. I say, hello. Hi, Brandon. Yeah, this is him. Brandon, hi, this is Peter. Uh, look, I, I know I'm calling you out of the blue, but I'm a realtor and listen, I, I came across the home here on 123 Main Street. I had a question for you about it. Do you happen to have a second? Sure. What's up? Yeah, look, I saw it come off the market this morning. I was curious, did you end up accepting an offer on that? No, we did not. Oh, and I mean, if you got the right offer, is it still something you'd consider or have you just decided not to sell it at all? No, I mean, we'd be open to that for sure. Got it. Well, out of curiosity, I'm looking at the photos of the home here now, and I'm a little surprised to find out it came off the market in the first place. I mean, what kind of feedback was your agent giving you and what kind of traffic were you getting from buyers? Well, that's just the thing. I mean, we we kept asking and all he wanted to do was keep lowering the price, but we didn't get any offers at all. No offers. Wow. Um, look, a little surprising there for sure. Um, out of curiosity, had you gotten the right offer, Brandon? Were you planning on staying locally? Were you moving out of state or what, what was the plan there? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, we're just trying to get something bigger. I mean, we uh, wife had a new baby, so we're just trying to get out of uh, this area and into that area. And so because this came off the market, has that spoiled those plans a little bit or what's sort of the plan B here? Well, listen, I mean, if we can, we'd like to sell it. I mean, that that's, that's what we're trying to do in... Uh, you're right. I mean, it is unfortunate that we didn't get any offers because you can see from the pictures, as you said, I mean, it's a, it's a great place. We feel like it's priced right. Uh, I just don't know if we had the right agent to be, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I appreciate you giving me some context there. Um, Brandon, before I let you go, do, do you mind if I make a quick recommendation? No, please. Look, I know I called you here totally out of the blue. Uh, obviously we've never met before and you know, I, I don't really know if it would even make sense for us to work together or not, but would you be completely opposed to invite me over one day this week? I'll come by, take a look at the home and share with you a different strategy that I'd implement to actually get your home sold, to get you successfully moved. That way you at least have another option to consider because let's be honest, you, you wouldn't hire me to sell your home if you didn't think I was capable of doing so, correct? That, well, that's for damn sure. Well, let me look at this. I got my calendar pulled up here and um, you know, this Friday would work for me, although I have Thursday available as well. Do any of those times... Um, or dates work for you by chance? 
Amazing. Great job, Peter. Yeah, and then I get the email. Yeah, and yeah, 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 of course. Back at the end, of course. To sure. Sort of, hey, you sure you're okay with me sending this appointment? You sure you're okay with me following up? But more or less, that's that's sort of the structure I follow. I mean, your skills have, I mean, it's amazing how skillful you have become in, in quite a short time. I mean, because really, I think a lot of people it takes three to five years to really be able to get that confidence and that delivery that you have. And so you probably practice quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I've been fortunate to have a good role play partner who um, we're actually hopping back into things now. We kind of hopped off the role play a little bit in the summer, but we were going at it for probably a year straight every single wow. week, um, buttoning up our listing presentations, our scripts and that sort of thing. And then, of course, just doing it a lot. I mean, um, a majority of my practice now, I would say, actually just comes from having these conversations in real time. And I'm comfortable with the the, the formula, the structure, the fundamentals where I'm able to sort of then on the spot improvise or, or, you know, to steer one conversation one way. And it's just it, I'm more comfortable having them. And so as a result, it's been, it's been a lot easier to, to call and, and make my contacts. Because you can really focus on listening. You know what to say. So you're not worried about what you have to say next. That's why you can jump in a role play on a live zoom like this podcast and hit it. You don't need a piece of paper. You don't need to hold on brain. Let me go grab the script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it so well, right? And so uh, that is another, I would say another thing that contributes to your success that you're having. It's you, you've reached a level of, of uh, unconscious competence that see how fast you, if I were to ask you to do that two years ago, I'd it would have been a lot different. Yeah, it would have been a lot different. And um, I would have been in that mindset of, like you said, where I'd be thinking about what my next words were. I'd miss some very important information in the, in the conversation. I'd miss opportunities. You know, I listen back to calls I've had in the past and I'm like, why, why did I, I was so focused on what my next question or what I was going to say next was that I completely missed a great opportunity here on this call. So it's been nice to sort of have that flipped where I can really focus on, hey, what are the pain points here, right? Are there opportunities here for me to really help this person? And um, I think that's been not only better for my business, but also just more satisfying. Um, and it's been, it's made getting up and making these calls a heck of a lot easier than it has been in the past. Yeah. Last one for me. So if, you know, would there be any advice you could share with somebody who maybe was where you were at two years ago in the building of the pipeline that haven't reap the reward yet of all the hard work. They're still all making first contacts. And if you think back how hard that was for you, uh, is there any insights that you might be able to share to help the person really understand what they're going through right now? It takes a fair amount of blind faith. Mm. It really does. And look, you know, I've been in with your coaching group now for, you know, a little over two years. And I've seen, I think over that two years, people that have come in, maybe even had really good success very, very early on where it's like, whoa, like you might be like a prodigy or something, but then, you know, three, six, nine months later, it's like they completely fell off the face of the earth. Right. Yep. And so it's important, I think, to have that blind faith, not get caught up in, Hey, I need to be here by this point, or, you know, I should have had this many listings by this date, but really just do the consistent stuff each and every day over an extended period of time. And, it'll all begin to sort of fall into place, right? And it's obviously your coaching has been big on that because you've been big on, hey, just do these steps. It'll all work out. Have these conversations. Don't over complicate the business, right? And that's actually huge. I'm glad I said that actually, because that's, yeah. that's a big one. It's a lot simpler than I think most agents make it out to be. Just talk to people, talk to people, 
over a long period of time. And it's almost impossible to fail at this business, right? And it's so realizing that and committing to that, I think is what any agents that are just starting out or not yet at that place where their database is really working for them, keep doing what you're doing, make your contacts. And eventually I think it all kind of come together. Peter, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Love having you. We're matching today, by the way. We are matching. We got to agree. That's a cool suit. I, I got to step it up a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Listen, I appreciate all the nuggets you, you, you dropped. Uh, truly, truly appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Brandon. Thanks so much.